special edition of Look at His Butt, The Celebration of Shatmoy, Part the Second. <laughs> are we're still in the Shatmoy festival yes and um I think we just hit the low point we did but you know sometimes with every holiday with every festival there comes a part that you really don't want to do but you have to do it because it's part of the thing you know it's Mm -hmm. kind of like eating lutefisk I think yeah it's not very pleasant but you get it over with and then it's done yeah um, or putting on your Easter clothes. Yeah. Wearing yeah. that outfit. Or, you know, having to get up really early to go to Mass on Easter morning or something. Right. So we just did that. And what we did was we watched um, an old show that Bill was in called For the People. He was the star. He was the star. It was, uh, what did they make, six of them, I think? I, I think that that was right. I think I remember reading about this, that they made some as kind of a, like a half a season test mm-hmm. to see if it was actually going to be um, worth doing. And uh, it didn't get picked up. And then he went to Star Trek. That was the very next thing that he did. That, And I think at the time there was a little concern over whether he was actually going to be able to do Star Trek because if this had gotten picked up, he wouldn't have been able to do Trek. Oh, you know, for some reason, I was thinking this was earlier, partially because in... I guess it was, well, there's a scene where he's in bed and he has his yeah. T-shirt on. His shoulders looked smaller to me than mm-hmm. they did, like, post-Alexander the Great, which yeah. gave him the build and, mm-hmm. and what we see in Star Trek. Yeah. But, um, okay, I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I said. Now, I, you know, I left my notes over on the couch. Let me go get them. So okay, why, and why I'll just talk just for a minute. Talk for a minute, yeah. Okay, what I want to talk about, and Lena is still listening. She's only going a few feet away, is I asked Lena, what year was this? And she looked it up and said it was 65. And what was stunning to me is some of the stuff they were doing and showing in 1965. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, his, um, first of all, the two of them share a bed. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that the Dick Van Dyke show was either on right at that time or had just gone off the air. Mm-hmm. And Rob and Laura never shared a bed. Yeah. So maybe there were different standards for drama and comedy. Could be. Could be. But they talked very openly about the fact that his wife, Jessica Walter, in this, was divorced for adultery. Right. Her, her previous husband divorced her mm-hmm. for adultery. And that she and Bill cannot have children. And I'm going... What? Because, what, 15 years later, was it, when the Mary Tyler Moore show came on? And they decided she had to be single. Yeah. They had wanted that to be a divorced character and said, no, no, we can't do it. Yeah. So I'm going, they're doing all this? And they showed her, like, in fairly skimpy underwear, putting on her dress. They showed her breasts spilling out of her underwear. Yeah. I could not believe that that was on. That, oh, that's just... I, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God, look, there are her tits on television. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And as we have observed with other um, TV shows of this time, everybody is drunk all the time. They're it, always having drinks. It's amazing. And smoking constantly. And Bill was smoking in this one. And I was watching his smoking, and it didn't seem quite as theatrical to me mm-hmm. as we've okay. seen in some other stuff. It seemed a little more natural. So I'm assuming he was actually smoking in real life during this. So um, as we were just chatting, I quickly did a little Googling, and someone, um, Johnny LaRue's Crane Shot, now Johnny LaRue is a character on SCTV, and Johnny LaRue's Crane right. Shot was the name of um, the thing that he wanted, his, his, uh, his dream. Anyway, has written, the guy who wrote this, has written a little thing about um, 
bill being in for the people. So I'm going to scan it quickly and read some of the, uh, okay. the relevant stuff. Um, this was 1965. It was a spin-off of the Defender, the the Studio One thing that we watched that was integrated into Boston Legal. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so it, uh, let's see. When the Defenders was heading into its fourth and final season, the, the producer began production on a new legal series, this one from the point of the prosecutors rather than the defense, which was mm -hmm. um, It was filmed on location in New York, and it centered on Bill's character, David Coster, an idealistic young assistant district attorney who also found himself torn by the day's current issues. Um, surrounding Shatner were other talented performers, Howard De Silva's, you know, mm -hmm. that voice you would instantly recognize from so many different things. Um, and uh, Jessica Walter, who was 23 years old. Well, she was wow. actually a little older than that to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. I want to see if he watched the one. No, he doesn't review the actual one that, that we saw right here. Um, it says, For the People replaced My Living Doll and The Joey Bishop Show on the CBS Sunday Night Schedule in 1965. I remember My Living Doll. As with almost everything else CBS threw against Bonanza, it was slaughtered in the ratings. It yeah. was canceled after 13 episodes, okay. so more than I thought. However, TV history may have benefited from the move. With For the People's cancellation, Shatner was free to sign on to a new series debuting in fall of 66, Star Trek. So if this had been a hit, he never would have been on Star Trek. Oh, well, this could have never been a hit. Yeah. Never. Um, oh. he, he was very trim. He was. He looked good. Although the toupee was not the best of toupees. No, it was too dark. Um, yes, the lighting was was. There was nothing exciting. Very little Kirk light, or yeah. or you know, everything was just just kind of flat. With some very strange camera stuff, like oh. when Howard DeCosta crumpled up a piece of paper oh. right in the camera's face, as it were. It was weird. And then there was a, a handheld shot outside that was so jerky oh. and blurry. It looked like the guy was was going on cobblestones or something. Yeah. Like he couldn't. And then another, yeah. And then another scene where, where where Bill and the guy that he's talking to are walking under some trees, and the contrast between dark and light, like you can't even see what's going on. No. It was awful. And I was sitting there going, "Who blocked this?" <laughs> well, I liked when one guy was talking. I think it was the bad guy. And they zoom in real close to the top half of his face and watch his eyes. And then they and then, they, then they pan down and watch his mouth for a while. And I'm going. What is going okay. on? Um, and I have to say, this is supposed to be um, the DA's office apparently employing three people for all of New York City, which is yes, like, yeah, yes. whatever, okay. But the funny thing is, at the beginning of each segment and the title credits and everything like this, it says, for the people. And all of it appears over this, this shot of crowded streets of people milling around it. All I could think of was um, the Gideon Planet. Yes, it looks just like that. You're right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, this, this episode was called Between Candor and Shame, and I've selected it out of the ones that I've downloaded from More Shatter because I clicked on it and the first still was of um, a book display in a store and it said something about smut, and I thought, oh, this will be good. <laughs> and I, we were both, by the end of it, going, what? Because first of all, it was very convoluted, but secondly, it came out in favor of censorship. Yes, which is crazy. Yeah. So the plot is that um, uh, a book uh, bookseller gets busted for selling uh, quote unquote pornography, and it's a hit hit it, book. It's a hit book, and um, the, that is um, they throw it out because obviously it's censored. I mean, you can't do that. It's right. not considered pornography, free speech, and all the rest of that. And then um, 
they, the bookseller wants some recompense because of all the you know, disruption that it caused to his life. So um, the publisher gets involved. And the publisher, it turns out, is a very powerful wheeler and dealer in New York and has what he thinks is blackmail-worthy information about Shatner's wife, which you just described a minute ago. And, mm -hmm. um, there's a whole subplot involving the fact that Bill and his wife can't have kids and they want to adopt, but they're not sure if they can adopt because she got divorced and she had this affair and blah, blah, blah. And it's just very weird underlying sort of thing that mm -hmm. keeps going on. Um, I will also say, and I think we've said this every single time we've watched one of these law things, from the 60s, that this was a half hour of drama expanded into an hour. Oh, yeah. So boring. Long, long scenes of people talking, and um, the the whole thing where he goes, where Bill goes to his wife's um, little orchestra chamber music performance mm -hmm. just goes on and on and on. It's like you could see the writers going, well, we got to fill up four minutes here, so let's just let the orchestra play. Yeah, and I got to <sighs> say, Jessica Walter does the worst faking of a musical instrument I have ever seen. Yeah, just, oh, it was bad. So it was, ugh, we just couldn't really understand. And, and as with um, the thing that we watched last time, uh, 12 O'Clock High, yeah. when Bill's character is having that very elliptical discussion with the, the German, the woman who's English but is really mm -hmm. German, and they're, they're kind of saying things that don't make sense to each other. In this episode, he and his wife are having a similar type of conversation. And he also has these conversations with other people where they're not really saying what they're saying. It's like it's not witty and it's not like wordplay. It's just words. And, and the, the one I remember specifically in this thing was at the beginning when he and his wife were getting ready to go out. And I think they were talking either about her career or about not having, not being able to have children or the fact that he wanted to stay home and finish reading this smutty book. It was hard to tell what they were talking right. about. Right, but you know, they were going back and forth and back and forth, and as they're going out the door finally, she says something like, oh, why can't it all just be easy? And he goes, it is when you don't care. <laughs> and then they leave, and we're going, wait, if you don't care, why did you just have this long discussion <laughs> slash argument about it? I and know. I think the writer just wanted to put a button there before the door closed. Yeah. So let's have Bill say this thing that sounds good and has no meaning whatsoever. It's just insane. So it, it goes on like that, and then in the end, Bill and his wife have a big argument, but then in the end, uh, it, they really do love each other, and she doesn't care about And she, it, like a good wife, comes around to his way of, of thinking course, to um, be supportive. So, and know, he plants a huge kiss on Well, that her. was good. Yeah. That was the best part of the whole thing. Yeah. So. Um, he doesn't care that they might that that the, the awful the horror as she calls it the awful truth about his wife's divorce comes to light. It's okay, mm -hmm. so he's going to go and expose the the powerful rich guy as the publisher of this smut and and tell all the world the truth about him and and blah blah blah. And then we never even get to see that part because no. the show ends before yeah. the climax. And, and I said so. So Bill and the show and everything is in, in favor of pornography and the thing, or in uh, against, censorship. Yeah, censorship. And the thing is, the, the assistant DAs or whatever, through a large part of this, are going around talking to people, trying to get people, including a priest, yeah. to testify for them that, you know, that this censorship, censorship is necessary. Good. And nobody will. Yep, and they say <laughs> that on the show. It's, oh, it was just so, so so, so Bill makes this deal about, I'm speaking for the people. Yeah. What <laughs> people? You didn't find any who agreed with you. Exactly. Um, uh, 
I don't know. I mean, we, we probably should watch some more of these shows, but I hope they're not like this because <laughs> this was painful to watch. It really, really was. Um, so let's talk about some of the funny stuff. Okay. Um, the version, so I downloaded this from someone who very kindly posted it at Moore Shatner, and it had commercials. Yes. For things like Marlboro cigarettes and... Um, Parliament cigarettes. Parliament cigarettes and Burma Shave with an incredibly racist... Um, thing in the ad, which was a, a woman, I guess she was supposed to be Burmese, right? Oh, I thought, well, probably, or, or but, sort of you know, Japanese or something, Asian, and, and it starts out with her going, you have tough beard? Oh, what? Man, it was so bad. So you was bomb-a-shame. It was very, very bad. And uh, some other odd commercials for Pepto-Bismol and things like that. But the, fun, the funniest one was one we didn't even know until they showed the product what it was for. <laughs> Where they kept going, this is the time to be sure. This is the time to be sure. You don't want to be unsure at this time. And finally we're going, what is this? We thought it was for a hair product because her hair looks so good. And then I thought maybe it was seatbelts or something. You know? <laughs> and I'm thinking contraception. You know, They're showing her with a man, dating and smiling and dancing. And it turned out to be for Arid, yeah. deodorant, deodorant, antiperspirant. Yeah. Uh -huh. And at the end, they went, Arid. To be sure. To be sure. To be sure. And I said, you know, showing these images. And it wasn't even people moving. It was stills. Yes. But I was thinking, you know, this is what passed for, like, subliminal <laughs> advertising at the time. But I think they're showing these images, and they're giving these emotional uh -huh. messages. You want to be sure. You want to be confident. And I'm thinking, man, it's just like that scene in Manchurian Candidate where Frank Sinatra and the rest of them think they're at this garden party, but they're, you know, being brainwashed. Really? Oh, that was too funny. Um, and then I had a, a moment of um, a puzzlement at the end because... Uh, the very end of the show is, is when Bill's character is about to go on a TV talk show to expose the, the rich publisher dude. So they sit down, and um, now the cameras are rolling, and the announcer says, you know, and tonight's episode of round, at the round table. Nights of the, the round, round table. table. <laughs> We're going to be talking to assistant attorney Bill Shatner and blah, 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 blah. And Shatner's being very nice. He's pouring a cup of coffee. And then they fade to black. And then it comes back up, and I thought it was going to be the after, like the epilogue. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to show the party or the celebration. Oh, Bill, you did such a great job exposing this scumbag, blah, blah, blah. And it's a, um, they show a table full of food, and then the food starts disappearing. And I was like, <laughs> why are they doing this on this show? <laughs> Seriously, that's what I thought. I, I thought it was the party to celebrate that they And won. it turned out to be. And it was a commercial for Reynolds Wrap. Yes. <laughs> Oven-tempered. For flexible strength. Where they tell you that you can wrap shit up in Reynolds Wrap and put it in your freezer and it will stay fresh for months. Yeah. Months. Months. No, no. Well, <laughs> you know, in some ways when we get some of these things that the commercials are gone, you're glad. In other ways, the commercials themselves are entertaining. They are. And many, like, like 15 years ago or so, my husband and I went to a Rocky and Bullwinkle film oh, festival. Oh, how awesome. It was really fun. But they also showed the commercials mm -hmm. from that era. And there was one where it's a, a cartoon, of course, of a little kid running, and he's got the spinning wheels for uh -huh, feet to uh -huh. show how fast he's going. And he is literally bouncing off of things, and it's for a breakfast cereal. <laughs> and they're screaming at us. It's sugar charged, and 
everybody burst out laughing because it's oh. like, yeah, back then that was a good thing. That's give what you wanted. Yeah, give them sugar the so morning. they have more energy. I have a few more things that I'd like to. Oh, to okay. Mention. So I got off topic. No, no, that's okay. This is—it's all good. Um, it, it, the, the subplot that we were talking about a minute ago with Bill and his wife not being able to adopt a child eventually turned into—it um, was like a Bergman thing. And every time somebody said the word children or baby or adoption, it was like. <laughs> dun dun dun. Rabluka. Can't even say it. Don't 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 even think about it. Don't look. Don't look. So it was by the end. It was really sort of comical. It really was. It was. Um, oh, look at the children. Ah! <laughs> She's going to have a nervous breakdown. Wow, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay, it's just like Pee-wee's secret word. Um, there were a couple of really good Shatner swallows, mm-hmm. including one at the very beginning when he was at a cocktail party and he took some drinks out of the, the glass several times and we got to see the face. So mm-hmm. that was really nice. Um, but I, there were two things that were, um, to me, very funny. One was right at the beginning, and I'm going to do a, a clip of this. <laughs> He's just going to bring it up. Because this is the weirdest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> there, Bill and the other guys are standing outside the office door, and I think it's Howard DeSilva's talking to them, and it's a reaction shot of Bill and the other dude. And Bill kind of snorts some, some snot up in his nose. It's like, and he kind of lifts one nostril, <laughs> and he swallows. It's like... What were you doing on camera? It's so weird. Well, I don't know. I think the director was encouraging them to, to do things like cough and snort and stuff because for realism. Because at one point, and it did not fit what he was saying at all. Howard De Silva mashed his hand into his face and rubbed it real hard. And it's like a lot of face touching, also like yeah. around the mouth thing. Yeah, but that of. face was. <laughs> And I thought he was making a, a, a face that, that was the equivalent of, you know, when uh-huh. someone's saying something really stupid and long-winded, you mind jerking yourself off or no, something, you know. know. He yeah. was just snorting. It was so funny. Yeah, I swear. We, we need to. Um, there was another part where uh, it was in the very dramatic thing with his wife where they were first sitting on the couch and then she gets up and walks away mm-hmm. and kind of sits on an ottoman or maybe she's sitting on the floor and he gets up and comes after her and he bumps into the table. You can hear it in the background. <laughs> like, everything on the table goes clank. <laughs> They just kept rolling because, yep, you know, yep. whatever. We're not going to shoot this thing twice. Um, he also had a very interesting pronunciation. And I turned to you and went, what? <laughs> um, it was his Canadian It moment. was his Canadian thing, like the way he says uh, some of those other weird Sabotage. Words. Sabotage. He said facade. Yes. Instead of facade. 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 Very broadly, facade. Yeah. He's hiding behind a facade. A facade. A what? <laughs> Is that like a screen? Now, the last thing, I don't know if you've noticed this, but it made me laugh, and I might have to do a clip of it as well. Um, there's a lot of phones in this. He's on the phone a lot, and he tends mm-hmm. to use the phone with his left hand, I noticed. that's Because um, he's right-handed, but he was holding the phone a lot with I his phone left hand. I hold my phone with my left hand, hand? Okay. Yeah. Um, But there's one part where he's in his house drinking scotch or whatever it is, and he dials a number, and it's a very long number. <laughs> And he's dialing and dialing, and he makes such a lot of business about his <laughs> dialing. It's sort of like, it's it's got Shatnerian pauses in it. And it reminded me so clearly, and this is such a weird reference, but do you remember in Help, the Beatles are in their their um, four four beds to the giant room. Yes. And John has to wake them all up after somebody tries to break into the house, so they're all sleeping. And he picks up the telephone in his little sunken bed, and oh, he yeah. dials a number, and it's like twenty digits long. 
and it's one long shot of, of John just dialing the phone, and he's making the most of it. I mean, uh -huh. he's like, he's dialing, he's cocking his head, he's kind of shifting around, and he's doing it in this very leisurely, and she's dialing and dialing and <laughs> dialing and dialing. It's very funny. And that was immediately what I thought of. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. So, and that was what I thought of. So, so he had he dialed the phone and he turned it into a huge production. Well, Bill loves business. I know, and he got to do it in that because mm -hmm. obviously the stage direction was, you know, Dave Coster dials a number, and Bill was like, I can get a good 15, 20 seconds out of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he did. I'm surprised he didn't go, dial, dial. Is that the right number? <laughs> oh, oops, hang on. What is it? Dial, Maybe he tried doing it, and the director was like, no, get to move along a little bit faster. Yeah. So anyway. Maybe that was Bill's version of when the director says, it's too much, just book it, <laughs> which means just go straight through it. Bill's still going to dial, take dial. a pause, take a sip, <laughs> dial us some more. Oh, man. So, whew, that was that was kind of painful. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I, I feel like, yes, we probably should watch it again at some point, but we got to take a break and watch something else good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. For the people. And we did it for you guys. Again, we, we watched this crap so you don't so have to. you don't have to. And no shirtless. No. Not even a, a t-shirt. I mean, that was it. Mm -hmm. You really didn't get to see it. And when he kissed her, the good kiss and yeah. stuff, it was from behind her, so we didn't, didn't get to see it, really. You know. Yeah. yeah. And there wasn't a lot of Kirk light. And he didn't get to see his butt much. He did have a, a, a time where he was making a speech that, that became Captain Kirkish. He, he turned right into Captain Kirk there because everyone was sitting at the table and he was standing up and pacing around a little mm -hmm. bit. So and it, telling them what had to be what done. What had to be done, yeah. It was almost risk is our business. Um, yeah, well, you know, yeah. that's sort of the, the pinnacle. Yeah, all right. Okay, um, let's, let's end this part of it. Okay. And we'll we'll get on to something else. But remember, for the people between candor and shame, I think shame <laughs> is they should have just called it shame. Yes. Yeah. Shame, shame on you. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, so avoid that one.